You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So, if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me is Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you? I am here. Yes, you are. I am have supped, and so... Sup. You supped. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Sup on that stuff. And we have Mr. David Davis. David, how are you? Uh, 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 football practice, what? <laughs> football practice. Oh, hey God. guys, how you doing? Long time no talkie. Yeah, no, we've had so much going on. Uh, power kept going out. We got a week ahead, and that kind of actually threw me off a bit. So always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be coming back to distraction hole, though, right? I mean, that's a th- I mean, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, just it. We record distraction hole on Sundays, and. Almost every Sunday there for the last few weeks, we've lost power here at the house because we live in a hellhole. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. So we'll record this Sunday one way or the other and have an episode out next Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah. Uh, boy, I'm rusty. It's been like a week since we recorded. <laughs> it's been <laughs> one week. Yeah, it's oh. been. Uh, <laughs> Anytime somebody says, it's been a week, I'm like, it's been. Uh, So, guys, we're going to be talking about something fun. The very first UFO story I ever read about on my own. Yeah. Yeah, like actually read about. Not not watched on Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, so this is a first-time read... Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Now, it's called the Cash Landrum Incident, and before we get started, I want to talk about our sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we have the UFO Encyclopedia by Jerome Clark, author of Unexplained. <laughs> uh, the UFO Encyclopedia is literally an encyclopedia of UFOs. I mean, like, no shit. It is. I mean, it is written like an encyclopedia, and it is exhaustive and exhausting. <laughs> this, I understand why he doesn't want to talk about UFOs anymore after this book, right? 
and it's I highly recommend it if you're into UFOs at all. From mm-hmm. probably the best researcher in the field next to David. So uh, also time time life books mysteries of the unknown the UFO phenomenon. I didn't delve mm. into it too much this time, but I did go back and read on it to kind of like, you know, get that mood back of the first time I read it. And uh, also Wikipedia, because I wanted to find the skeptical viewpoint. I remember the Time Life books. I couldn't afford them very often, but I did have yeah. access to a few different Time Life books as a kid. And those things are great. Yeah, no, they are. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, guys, have you either of you heard of the Cash Landrum incident? Nope. Now, now, wasn't that like a 2010s legal drama on TNT? No, but I also would have accepted a joke about it being a progressive rock band. I mean, it, it really, <laughs> no, it sounds like a uh, pawn shop. Oh, the Cash Landrum incident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they got like a uh, one of those wooden Indians out front holding yes. the cigars. Yes. Old yeah. cigar oh, Indian. Yep. Uh, that's problematic now. Mm-hmm. So my history of this. Like I was going to say, it goes all the way back to junior high school. Uh, I'd go to the school library before class every morning. My mom would, like, drop me off before any other kid was there. She was like, get the fuck out. And I'd show up, and the security guard would let me in, and I'd just go to the library and read. Nerd. Okay. I'm I'm just more... uh, flabbergasted by you know you're getting kicked out of the house in elementary school oh she'd be like get, she'd be like get ready we're going and like she dropped me off and then i started taking the bus so it stopped being an issue i, I had a friend who used to light fires before school <laughs> and, and we'd watch him light fires so was this also the kid that taught you to play dungeons and dragons just out no. Of curiosity? <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah no i i have many memories of just like oh hey buddy and then he's just like lighting something on fire <laughs> right in front of the school wow that's almost like mike except mike was like sitting there with flashlights no uh no i didn't really have <laughs> no. that till later yeah that's that's more recent <laughs> so our library in junior high had an entire section on the paranormal and folklore which is I don't have to explain how unique that is for Mississippi in the late 80s. That's also explains, fucking wild. Sorry. Also explains a lot about you. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> I mean, like, seriously. I mean, I'd go in, I'd set my school books down, and I would just start reading about cryptids and aliens and everything else. And they even had, like, copies of Isaac Asimov's uh, book of the Super Quiz. Which, if you don't know what that is, Isaac Asimov was an insufferable prick because he knew he was a genius. <laughs> and he just came up with his own quiz books, like volume after volume after volume of super quiz. And, like, <laughs> when they did a joke on MST3K about Isaac Asimov starting the Church of the Super Quiz, I fucking <laughs> got that joke. I'm, like, one of four people that got that fucking joke. So, nonetheless, without a doubt, this this story is where the modern version of me started well well reading is fundamental after all yeah and so <laughs> but they had like the entire well they didn't have the entire but they had like a big goddamn set of the time life mysteries of the unknown in there and i would sit there and read through all of them uh, have you guys been to a library recently no i haven't since we moved from clinton 
Well, I, I'd be worried about like what sort of library you'd have over there where you're at, but um, uh, no, it's no. Kind of, a lot of John Grisham. Yeah, but I okay that that makes sense. Yeah, no, I just because uh, my local library actually like I was looking and I'm like, man, I wish this is what we had when I was a kid because I got like two um, rows of just like comics and manga. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they do have a lot of manga uh, at the one in Clinton actually. Yeah, it is, you know, town, it's I just one know. of those things where it's like you know go support your local library. Yeah, I, mean, I need to see if they have supernatural books, like yeah. uh, conspiracies and stuff. See, I would love to like launch into a rant about the fact that I can't check a book out because uh, they won't let me pay my fine. Because every time <laughs> I've gone in, I owe like a, a twenty-five cents. I come in with a dollar, and they're like, "We don't have change. Can I use my card? No, you can't use your card to pay a fine." Then what the fuck are we doing, guys? Well, just bring in a goddamn quarter. How about I bring in a gun? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll find a quarter and go pay my fine. Kevin, no. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll hook you up with that guy that I knew who lit fires in the morning. (laughs) He works on that with him. Kevin, they they do like bring interest into the equation, so you might owe no. They don't. Oh, really? No, I went because the last time I went in to pay, I was like, oh, fine. I don't want know what the interest is. And motherfucker, I will literally mail you a quarter. They they were like, there's no interest. How much do I owe? Twenty five cents. I have a dollar. I don't have change. Well, how are you? What do you want? Can I give you the dollar? No. How are you? Any kind of institution that accepts money, even it is the. It is the Hines County Library and not, system. And not have change. I know. Anyway. <laughs> there, I Talk think, about a cryptid, a library that takes, uh, takes change. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, I would sit there. I was reading the Cash Landrum stuff mm-hmm. in this book. And I think the reason that it stuck with me is because there was a kid involved in it. And as a child, I could well, you know, I was like a 13 but I could imagine myself being in this situation with this kid. And it was as scary as hell, especially when you hear about what happened. Hmm. And also in the book, there's this badass painting of the UFO incident with the diamond shaped ship hovering over the highway with a car. And it kind of looks like some of the art out of like Jumanji, the book, hmm. not the movie. It's a very uh, actually, Jumanji was a board game. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are I'm kidding. you seriously? Well, actually, I'm, me I'm, about I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will beat you like a circus monkey. <laughs> <sighs> so, <sighs> yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. I'm going to murder you. No. Uh, so, our story starts December 29th, 1980. So at the time I was reading this, uh, the incident was only like eight or nine years old. Hmm. So it wasn't that long ago. It was like one of the most recent UFO things I'd ever heard about, you know, because prior to that, it was like Roswell. Hmm. So anyway, it's 1980, December 29th, near Huffman, Texas. And Miss Betty Cash, Vicki Landrum, and Vicki's seven-year-old grandson, Colby, were on their way home from dinner in New Caney. Now, this sounds like the setup to, like, a peak Steven Spielberg movie. That or a Stephen King novel, and it involves some kind of a uh, disease. Yeah. And it was a damp and cold night on a stretch of highway running through the Texas pine forest. And I'm sure the three of them were tired from an exciting trip to the truck stop. 
And I know <laughs> people in small towns here in Mississippi, and this is still a big thing to do on a Sunday, is go out and find a restaurant and like a truck stop and eat. Well, who doesn't love Bucky's? You know, we don't even have a Bucky's. Yeah, I've never been to one either. We I just, just know got, everybody I've been to creams one. their jeans over it. Well, we did just get a quick trip. Mm. Just kind of like a gas station plus. Yeah, we have a Flying J, and I've seen it a couple of times. We've got uh, in, one of those. State. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And a Loves. But and no, loves. no, Bucky's is a thing. I mean, I can kind of see it's why huge. people are, you know, mm-hmm. all in love with it. It is the Walmart of truck stops. Mm-hmm. I would, it's uh, not a truck stop, more of a gas station. Yeah, I like, I, I, I've gone out of my way to watch like YouTube videos that talk about the place. I'm like, this is just insane. Yeah, it is. And it's so weird. And also they had like a, a sandwich board out front when we uh, stopped at it. And they had like the said they were hiring and they had, you know, hourly wage amounts. Mm-hmm. It, for, it's more than we're making for, you know, yeah, every position, even your lowest position was like, you know, in this we're talking. This is in. Uh, Georgia. Just out, no, Alabama, what? just outside At of Bur- outside of Birmingham, Alabama. And they're paying a basic stocker like $15 an hour. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So did, did you guys get some beaver nuggets or whatever they're called? Yeah, actually, we did Bucky Nuggets. We did. Uh, or, we, wait, I thought they were beaver nuggets. Maybe they, they are. are. I, think I don't are remember. Okay. I, we bought a lot of stuff there. I, I don't know. Any place that has like a literal wall of jerky is okay in my book. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> now speaking of jerky, little Colby spotted a lot in this. That's a ter- that's terrible. Spoiler um, alert. I'm sorry. So little- <laughs> He's not a bad kid. I just that's made like a bad That's like the most joke. fucked up thing you've ever that's the most fucked up transition you've ever made here. <laughs> I don't know, is it? No, considering having read the script, yes it is. Okay. So little Colby spots a light in the sky up ahead and for a, he sees it for a second and he draws his grandma's attention to it. And her and Betty tell Colby it's probably a plane flying to Houston, which, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Then a few minutes later, they round a curve in the highway and find that it is, in fact, not an airplane headed for Houston. Slightly lower than t- uh, treetop height. Over the highway is a giant silver diamond-shaped craft with flames shooting out the bottom and lights around the midsection. Now, Hmm. I've been trying to get people at work to understand what I'm talking about with this ship and how it looks. Because I say diamond shape, and they always think, you know, the flat body. You know how a diamond, like De Beers kind of diamond looks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I finally hit on is something I think everyone can grasp. You remember the big green diamond thing that floats over the head of a sim while you're doing those horrible social experiments on fake people? Mm -hmm. It's one of those, but silver and strangely glowing. I would have said just like the the diamond from uh, playing cards. Okay, fair, thanks. (laughs) See, see, I I was thinking of the diamonds that float around the map on Earthbound, which is my required Earthbound reference for the episode. Yes, yes. Thank you for getting that in there. I know several people that are going to appreciate that. (laughs) Every UFO episode, man, every UFO episode. Pretty much. Which, again, don't they give you conjunctivitis or a cold or something? Yeah, you can get uh, colds uh, from the alien ships. 
which is hilarious because we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. So Vicky starts screaming for Betty to hit the brakes so they don't like hit the thing. And she, now, what, was she was she like heading towards a ramp? Are they going to fucking ramp a deer and <laughs> fly into the like how how is she? <laughs> I don't know, but that's what that's what every version of this I've read says. That Slow Betty, down! You're going to hit that thing that's thirty feet in the air. Now we're going to see that Vicky makes a lot of assumptions about a lot of things here. <laughs> okay, so. Her assuming they're going to hit an airborne object is not the biggest <laughs> assumption she makes, okay? So, Betty manages to get the car pulled over without getting stuck in the mud because it had been raining. Mm. Now, at this point, they're about 130 feet away from the thing, and Betty gets out of the car to get a better look. Mm. So... Vicky goes to get out of the car as well, but Colby starts crying and screaming in fear. And she decides she's going to stay in the car with him, which good on her for deciding, you know what, I'm going to stay with a screaming child instead. (laughs) Mm. Now, she also said one of the strangest things I've ever heard in a UFO case, and it's probably my favorite part of this entire story. She turns to Colby and says, it's okay, Colby. That's Jesus. He's not going to hurt us. <laughs> well, like Vicky just flat out decided this was the second coming of Christ and, and, and could not be deterred on that. Yeah, that sounds like getting character for him. So <laughs> is it Jesus coming back as a giant radiating diamond? Well, I mean, <laughs> what else would you think it is? I don't, I don't know. If you're, if I am you're king re- of kings. If you're religious, pew, pew, pew. you know, <laughs> could be his like, throne or something yeah I've, it sounds like something from you know who was it Ezekiel saw the wheels mm. within wheels and stuff yeah so Betty steps in front of the car for a better look at whatever this thing is as if she were in a trance mm. she said that the thing whatever it was had a flame shooting out the bottom of it and when the flame died down it would sink a bit toward the road and then the flame would flare back up and it would rise up to treetop height again. She also said it was hot. Like hotter than normal and comfortable. You know, so, so hotter we're, than we're talking like Idris Elba or um you know Aquaman there? Uh uh, uh Jason Momoa? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was Chris Hemsworth levels of hot. Oh no. Oh yeah. We're in trouble now, buddy. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm going to say it was Henry Cavill, considering what happened to him. Henry Cavill levels up. Well, that, that, that and you're very attracted to him. I really am. I just <laughs> I just want to paint a Lehman Rust with Henry Cavill. Is that so wrong? And by Lehman Rust, you mean you're downstairs? <laughs> I'm saying his downstairs. Anyway. Wow. So, Betty tried to cover her eyes with her arm to shield him from the heat, but it didn't work. It was just that fucking hot. Anyone smell bacon? Yeah, exactly. Now, in the car, Vicky and Colby later would also say uh, that there was intense heat. And uh, Vicky talked about how frightened she was, even mm-hmm. if it was Jesus. Well, someone should check Jesus's radiator. Yeah, Mike, how do you, how do you change the water on a Jesus? Um, I mean, <laughs> you put wine in. It really, really seems, uh, yeah. Well, no, you turn that water into wine. Yeah, that's why you put the wine in, and it turns it back into water. No, I think when Jesus takes in wine, he just gets drunk. What if he takes in wine and turns it into beer? 
What if you turn that into fishes too? What into <laughs> fish? Yeah. It's everything just no, you know the funny thing is it's like evolution. Eventually everything Jesus touches turns into crabs. Eventually. But no, I'm, I'd say it sounds more like, you know, Jesus is a uh, open uh, thermonuclear pile. You know, that's that's a good guess. And there was there was, you know, thoughts of uh the ark and stuff like that was, you know, yes. radiological material too. We are going to have to do a a Bible episode, but hot, hot Jesus checking and see he's at a temperature of a billion degrees. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So Vicky had had just about enough of this adventure finally. And she puts her hand on the dashboard to steady herself as she leans out the window to yell at Betty to get back in the damned car. And I mention her putting her hand on the dashboard because the heat of the object was so intense that it softened the material of the Oldsmobile Cutlass's dashboard to the point that Vicky's hand left a deep print in the dashboard. And it was mm-hmm. there when MUFON investigators finally showed up. Now, now, are we sure the dashboard wasn't made of cake fondant? No. Mike, <laughs> did Oldsmobile use cake fondant? Um, What year? Uh, is a 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Well, that so, was definitely outside of their fondant years. And in 1980, so it was a fairly new car. Mm. This uppity couple of women and well, a cons- fancy new car. Uh, considering my dad used to have a uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass of around, probably, probably I would have said like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So it had a dash like every other car. Which okay. Was so it wasn't vinyl and plastic. Right. Is it cake? No, it's a cutlass. Yeah, yeah. You you cut that. You cut that cake less. Oh mm-hmm, God, mm-hmm. this so, is very stupid. <laughs> it is. So Betty finally comes to her senses, and she runs back around to the driver's side door, and she burned her hand on the handle of the door, trying to get back in. So she had to use her leather coat like an oven mitt to get into the damn car. It was so hot. Hmm. So once in the car. Betty's in a pickle. I mean, technically, she's in an Oldsmobile Cutlass, but Betty's in a pickle. (laughs) She couldn't turn around on the narrow highway due to the mud, but she was terrified to drive directly under this thing with flames shooting out of the bottom since it would likely melt the car and kill them. Hmm. Now, suddenly, the problem was solved because the thing rose higher into the air where it was suddenly surrounded by around 20 helicopters. Now, Mike, I know you might be asking this question to yourself. So I looked it up, and according to the descriptions, it was about 20 Boeing CH-47 Chinooks. The ones with the double rotors. Well, that's not the only one with the double rotors. Yes, but every every piece of literature I find describes them as Chinooks. And it's Chinook. Chinook? Is it Chinook? Yeah. Okay, my bad. All right. But, I mean, Chinook and the other helicopter, I can't remember, look almost exactly the same. Except Were the other ones skinnier. both around in 1980? Yeah, because this okay. was a Vietnam era. Okay. Well, they, they described them as Chinooks. 
So this thing and the helicopters all flew off out of sight, and the two women and the boy were left in the dark, feeling very much like they'd been sunburned after a very long day at the beach. Hmm. So Betty starts the car back up and starts trying to get home again. Five minutes later, though, they hit the intersection of FM-1485 and FM-2100, two highways in Texas, and discovered that they had unfortunately caught back up with the damn thing and its entourage. Hmm. And they managed to get a very good glimpse of it at this point because of it being, you know, a a crossroads, fewer trees. They saw it all very clearly, especially because of the amount of light the diamond was putting out. And they had time to count that it was 23 Chinooks. Well, every Chinook and cranny of the horizon was filled. Oh, God damn it. <clears throat> now, this time, Betty's curiosity did not get the better of her. And they <laughs> drove the hell out of there. And the diamond. Well, you come back in as a hamburger. You're like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that again. Yeah, no. When you when you look like the guy from uh, Beetlejuice that had been burned alive from smoking in bed, no. Uh, the diamond <laughs> was visible in the rearview mirror for quite some time as they drove off, and in total, the entire experience lasted about twenty minutes. But but here's the thing: the memories are going to last a lifetime. <laughs> Fuck. A time lifetime. Yeah, uh, Time Life Books Lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, this next section I rather tastelessly called Down with the Sickness. <laughs> so, Betty dropped the Landrum off, Landrums off at, their, at uh, Vicky's place and went to her house because she had some friends waiting for her. Now, I'm no master of so- socialization here, but this sounds a little weird to me that... You've gone out of town to eat at night, and, uh, you know, you were like, yeah, no, come over to my house, let yourself in. It's not that it throws this story out the window for me or anything, but I just don't think I could let people into my house while I'm gone for several hours as I drove home from dinner from a truck stop. I'd need time to unwind between visits. Well, you know, like with all adult friendships, you got to make the time when you can. And she'd probably canceled on him a couple of times that month already. That's true. Like, do you think they were like, this bitch better have my present? Well, well you know, and here's it's the other four thing. Days like, after she, Christmas. It, it'd give her a chance to, like, talk about nuclear Jesus. You know, I mean, that that's a great way to, you know. That's a hell of a starting thing. Oh, my God, I saw I saw the n- nuclear inferno that is our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Atomic Jesus. Mike, would you let people into the house? Um, while well, you've gone to eat? It depends on the people. Like, didn't one of our friends used to let us in when he was gone? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could do that, but still. I, 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 I could, guess people I do could that. do that with certain people. Like, and it's know. 1980, so... Things are different. Probably, probably just they're very close, you know. Sure. Swinging friends. Swinging friends. Are you implying? <laughs> yeah, a pineapple oh. on the porch. Oh, I'm just, I'm oh, just saying, you know, you get to a point in closeness. Mikasa, Sukasa. Me My wife is your Sukasa. wife. Oh, no. <laughs> so when <laughs> Jesus. So when Betty get got home, she was feeling sick and had to sit down, and. As her friends are there, 
up asking her what happened, her skin starts to turn red and blister. She begins to develop diarrhea and starts vomiting, and her eyes swallow shut. Jesus Christ. The, the, the diarrhea does not mean vomiting, Kevin. I know, know but that. she developed <laughs> diarrhea and, well, it's butt vomiting, but still. I don't know what kind of party she was planning, but it turned south pretty fucking quick. Now, now this just sounds like an I think you should leave sketch waiting to happen. Just Tim God, Robinson, just, like, on a couch growing progressively more red with, like, pustules. And trying to, and, like, like, serve hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and leaking from both ends. <laughs> it, it just seems like a perfect fit for the it, show. It sounds like a sketch from the state. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're of my generation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, Betty's friends get real goddamn worried. So they put her to bed. Yeah, their friend is fucking melting in front of them. I know. She just shows up meeting. It's like, wait, what truck stop did she go to? It's like going over for movie night and the person just starts like disintegrating. That happened right next to, to you on the couch. That happened to me. Uh our friend Warren came over one night and we Jesus. started watching a movie and I just suddenly developed a stomach virus. Jesus Christ. And Warren was like, Yeah, I gotta go. What what movie was that? Oh god. God, I don't remember. It had Glenn Close in it, and we just kept going, Jesus, I can't look at this woman. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. We were young and foolish then, and I feel old and mm-hmm. foolish now. So, Betty's friends, as I said, get real goddamn worried <laughs> because she's fucking melting. And they set about trying to get in touch with a doctor, which was apparently pretty hard in the wee hours of December 30th. 1980. And Betty was so out of it, she couldn't remember the name of her cardiologist. Well, and her mouth was full of vomit, too. Well, so, like, yeah. what are you going to do? None. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> None of the doctors or friends contacted wanted to gamble on someone with a bad heart. So, you know, Texas, everybody. American <laughs> healthcare, everybody. Yeah, that too. Even in 1980, it sucked. Well, it, it was probably better then, but it's yeah. worse now. Yep. Now, meanwhile, the Landrums were also starting to experience some illnesses. They also had nausea and sunburn, but Vicky was able to take care of her and Colby's illnesses with home remedies, like baby oil for the skin problems and some medication to help, you know, get rid of the nausea, probably Dramamine or something. Mm-hmm. And presumably, since they hadn't gotten out of the car, They weren't as bad. Mm. So, Betty was, at this point, getting even worse. She couldn't eat, she couldn't drink, and she was on the verge of a coma. And this is why you don't mess with the Grimace birthday shake. I, you know, I really want to try one. Like, they're gone now, I can't get them. Sure, but now I really want them. Because they're gone. (laughs) You never know how badly you want it until it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of Betty's friends finally realized, hey, we should call her pharmacist to find out who prescribed her heart medication. Isn't that like a HIPAA violation? No. Well, okay, not back then. No. Okay. I don't think HIPAA came into effect until, like, what, early 2000s? But but that would be like like a HIPAA violation today, right? Oh, yeah. No, Um, that probably. Probably. In fact, if you can get in touch with a pharmacist, congratulations. So here's the thing. I don't think a pharmacist is in the same category of healthcare person as a nurse or and doctor. 
I get the feeling like it's one of those, oh my God, she's dying. We need to get in touch with her cardiologist. And I think, okay, let me I tell think you. That also telling them, you're, them her doctor's name it would not be a HIPAA violation. Yeah, no. It's not it's, like you know, you're calling and saying, hey, she's we've got, got Betty. What, what illnesses does she have? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, they tell them the name of the doctor and they get in touch with her cardiologist. Now, guys, what do you think the cardiologist said? I mean, I've read ahead, so I know. So I'm yeah, but get to the <laughs> get her to the fucking ER, you idiot. Yeah, no, I mean, Which, like, that's that's like nowadays. I think that's the first thing you do. Yeah, take someone mm-hmm. to the freaking hospital. Yeah, you take them to the ER. So what followed was months of severe health problems. Betty's eyesight was permanently damaged and her hair and skin started falling off. Jesus Christ. She lost the ability to walk for quite some time. Rapid weight loss as well. Even after recovery, when her hair grew back, it was pale and brittle and wiry. So she turned into the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) God, I hate that. Yeah, kinda. Jesus Christ. I know. The Landrums also suffered long-term effects. Vision problems, permanent weakness... And in some cases, cancer. Now, why would Jesus do this? Because Jesus is a harsh master. <laughs> uh, now, see, I heard Jesus was just all right. I don't know. It depends on the Jesus. <laughs> so uh, Maybe I'm talking about my own personal Jesus. <laughs> your own. Okay, that's, that's enough. Personal. Okay, so the medical professionals. It's Betty Cash. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Anyway, the medical professionals all agreed on one very important thing, that Betty Cash and Vicki and Colby Landrum were suffering the effects of ionizing radiation. This is surprisingly common in UFO CE2s. You guys remember the conjunctivitis during the Mothman story? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Everybody getting pink eye and red dick? Well, that, but that's <clears throat> not radiation. That, that's all viral stuff. Hmm. Radiation is, you know, breaking down your DNA. Nonetheless, all these, everybody always tries to say it's related. Yeah, and they're dumb because they're completely, that's like saying. Bear in mind, most of the books I read this in were written in like the 1970s or earlier. It's like saying I got heat stroke and because of that I got pregnant. That (laughs) son can do things. Anyway. So, Cash and Landrum both eventually contacted their senators, who suggested they contact the Judge Advocate Claims Office at Bergstrom Air Force Base. And in 1981, they did just that. And the Judge Advocate suggested they lawyer up and try to get a settlement out of the government. Now, see, Matthew Lesko used to cover this in his free money books. Is that the guy that dressed like the Riddler? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's him? Yes. Okay, Okay, great. I still think that might be the guy from the free... He might have been the same guy from the Freedom Rock commercials. (laughs) Turn it up, man. Get money from the government. Turn it up and get money from the government, man. (laughs) All right. Now, honestly, though, can we talk about that for a second? The fucking judge advocate said they should sue the government because a UFO surrounded by military... Military, military helicopters made them sick. What did the judge know? Good question. 
Mm-hmm. Mike? I mean, oh, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead, David, and then I'll ask Mike. Well, I, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, the, the judge is immediately thinking experimental vehicle. Sure. Or something no. like that. Yeah. Like, how far were they from the Air Force base? I have no idea. I, I didn't mm-hmm. actually find that information. You know, I'm going to look at it. Oh, now, where did this incident take place again? Uh, is near. Hang on. It's at the very beginning of the document. Let me scroll all the way back up here. Uh, da, 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 damn it. <laughs> this is getting cut up. Do, do, do. Travis County. They were near New Caney. Okay. State. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I don't know how to read maps right now, so I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a pointless diatribe. Yeah, uh, no, I, 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 I'm getting like uh, I don't think the base is there anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, 1942 to 1993. That's why I can't find it on the map. Okay, uh, well, there you go. They shut it down. What did yeah, they? Know? And it might not even been you know What's anything been from that base too. Yeah, yeah, Bergstrom Air Force Base. So. Mike, what do you think about that? The the advocate saying, yeah, you should totally sue the fucking government. That, that just seemed like passing the buck. It's just sure. someone that they didn't, they're like, you know, probably I think they were that. kooks. Yeah, okay. When, yeah, two women, two middle-aged women call and are like in 1980 and they're like, a UFO gave me cancer. You you should sue the government. It's like, I don't want to really do anything, so you should lawyer up. Do you think he was like snickering? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you should sue the government. No, I'm pretty sure he was like, you know, that's probably the best course of action because I don't want to deal with it. I mean, he's a government functionary, so I don't think he could like advocate for them very well. Yeah. Now, needless to say, guys, this court case did not go well. Well, yeah, because they, you know, it's evidence kind yeah. of thing. The case well, the got shut down. The, what's that? I'm, I'm just throw, I'm, the base got shut down. I'm just throwing that when out there. When did it get shut down again? 94, he said. 94, about mm-hmm. not quite 10 years after the case was dismissed in 1986. Because as the court said, no one has a craft that looked like that and no military vision, uh, vision, no military <clears throat> division would take credit for the helicopters. Of course. Well, so that's, I mean, you, you have to be able to prove it in court yeah. and not, there's, there's no public there's, record. I so. totally agree. Other than the horrible debilitating illnesses, there's no actual proof. The fact that the illnesses are real means they were, you know, exposed to radiation. Yes. And as a civilian, that is a very hard thing to do to get that much radiation oh, exposure. Oh, yeah. To basically go nearly blind and, like, lose your fucking epidermis. So do you, wanna, do you want me to give you my thoughts on what it could have been? Uh, or do you want me to do that later? I think you can. we can do that at the end because I asked for that. Okay. But that being said... Having just gone through it, I formulated a hypothesis. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. After this. Hey, David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads. You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads. What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. 
How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. So I had a thought while we were on break, guys. We're back, by the way. And that Mm -hmm. thought is... um, what if it was Jesus, and it turns out this ship is just what the star the uh, the star of Bethlehem was? Hmm. Oh, Jesus! Interesting. Yeah, whatever that's whatever that's what's going on. So huh. let's talk about Mufon. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. So and you know I used to respect Mufon, but now not so much. <laughs> so, we should all apply for Mufon membership. Um, I'm not paying. Do you know how much that shit costs? Well, join our Patreon to help us get MUFON membership. Yes, if you donate to our Patreon, Patreon, I will throw that money away to join MUFON for $300-something a year for a polo. Uh, I think we could find better uses for that money. Yeah. Like cocaine. Wait, sorry. I was going to say that. I don't, Wait, think I don't do cocaine, but it's because I can't afford cocaine. Like, well, like if I had 300 bucks to spend on cocaine, I would probably try it. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, back to MUFON. <laughs> Them cocaine fiends. When they got involved, they got involved with the Cash Landrum uh, thing when the ladies reported the sighting to NASA in hopes of getting information from them. Now, NASA mm-hmm. noped the fuck out and tossed it over to the boys at MUFON. And that's, that's not entirely true. They didn't entirely know about what they did was they handed it over to John Schuler. Sorry, Schusler. John Schusler. He was an aerospace engineer that moonlit as a researcher for MUFON, so they kind of sort of handled it in an unofficial capacity through well, MUFON. You know, you, knew, you know MUFON was thrilled to have, like, an inside man. Oh, yeah. they. Oh, they were sitting there... <laughs> wait what he just he basically just polished mirrors on a satellite yeah schusler gets his first pick of the wives at the, the key party oh god Mike? he gets to take two yeah. keys the first time were you gonna say something no oh okay <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that two keys two, two key schusler <laughs> john two key schusler they call him the key ring after about a month oh, okay you know, we're we're doing a lot of references to pineapples lately, I noticed. So during their investigation, Schusler would see the car and the handprint. He would interview Cash and the Landrums, and then through some pretty goddamn good research, considering it was a pre-internet nineteen eighty, he would track down and interview multiple witnesses. And I need to point out how important that is, especially in a UFO case. There mm-hmm. were several other people that saw this thing and the Chinooks at various distances, but all said it was in the same general location that Cash and Landrum had their experience. A few even managed to watch it for up to an hour. Hmm. But none, because this is a UFO case had a fucking camera of any form. 
Now, I can understand not having a camcorder, of course. It's 1980. But a camera? Come on. Nobody had a Polaroid? Well, and I mean, to a degree, you would probably only carry a camera with you if you had plans to, like back in yeah, the early 80s. Not many people would carry uh, around a camera. All right. That's in, not, in every, not everyone is uh, I mean, Jonathan from Stranger Things. Yeah, this was before disposable cameras, so it would have had to have been, you know, at very least, you know, a... Kodak Instamatic. A 35... Well, it could have been a 110 camera, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, because we had a 110 camera. I think a UFO picture taken with that would have just been not what? demonstrable to be anything. Now, my sister used a 110 camera to take pictures of Sean Cassidy in 1979 at the Jackson Coliseum, so I know you could carry one around on a wrist, a wrist strap. Oh, I know yeah. that. I'm just saying that yeah. it, the but, quality but also, of the photo you know, would be so miserable. But also, you know, the plan was to take the camera there to the concert, right? Okay. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You're right. I'm standing here in all my fucking shame. All right. <laughs> shame. Just, you know. So, Cash and, La- and the Landrums were interviewed multiple times about this by MUFON, by the Judge Advocate's office. And by the crew from the TV series That's Incredible on ABC. Do you guys remember that That's Incredible. Exactly. The one thing that everyone agrees on about these ladies is that these were salt-of-the-earth folks who had nothing to gain from this. They were good, honest people who had something awful happen to them and that left them changed. Well, and it's like we see in a lot of these cases, these people sure as hell saw something that rattled them, or at least in this case, irradiated them. Jesus Christ, there's a microwave dangling from an air balloon. That doesn't produce (laughs) ionizing radiation. God damn it, Mike. I don't know what makes ionizing radiation. Plutonium. Uranium. Okay. Okay. The sun. Old watches. Mm. It's just a, a case of old watches hanging from a weather balloon. The uh, the tritium inside would, but that's, you know, so little of it. Sure. So, this next section, Mike, is dedicated to you. It's the skeptics. Wah, and I, and I, I never really looked into the skeptical part of this because I wanted to believe so badly when I was young. And I didn't have access to the fucking internet. But... I wouldn't be doing my due diligence now if I didn't throw some of the skeptical research in there. Mm. And some of it is definitely worth bringing up. I do want to say that Philip Class got involved. And Philip Class can go fuck himself, even though he's dead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I thought he just makes really nice environmental music. No, that's Philip Glass. Mm, Okay. K-Class. But I'm bringing his shit up out of fairness, and one of these days we're gonna—I'm gonna do an episode on Philip Class because this motherfucker would bribe UFO witnesses to basically lie and say they didn't see anything. So, so you're gonna school us on class? We're gonna have a class on class. There we go. So what follows is a quote is quoted from the Wikipedia article which is linked in the show notes up at the top if you guys want to click the link in the podcast description. All right, so I'll quote. In 1998, journalist and UFO skeptic Philip K. Sorry, Philip J. Class found a few reasons to doubt the story by Cash and Landrum. 
When Schuler inspected Betty's car in early 1981 and used a Geiger counter to check for radioactivity, he found none. Presumably, he also checked for radioactivity when he visited the site of the alleged incident and found no abnormal radiation. Schusler provides no medical data on Betty's health prior to the UFO incident, nor does he provide any medical data on the prior health of Vicki or Colby. Emphasis in the original. In 1994, UFO skeptic Stuart Campbell suggested that the witnesses may have observed a mirage of Canopus, which lay exactly in line with the road. Other UFO researchers point out that high-energy ionizing radiation of the kind that can cause damage to human beings, such as gamma radiation, does not induce radioactivity in objects and would not have left behind any residual radioactivity in the area. Similarly, skeptical British ufologist Peter Brooksmith writes, Skeptics have always asked a blunt and fundamental question. What was the trio's state of health before their alleged encounter? Brooksmith also wrote, To ufologists, the case is perhaps the most baffling and frustrating of modern times. For what started with solid evidence for a notoriously elusive phenomenon petered out in a maze of dead-ends, denials, and perhaps even official deviousness. You should have done that in a British accent. I should have, but I didn't want to piss off anyone. Official deviousness. Official deviousness. <laughs> in December 2018, Brian Dunning investigated the case and reported his findings on the Skeptoid podcast. He found that Cash's doctor, uh, sorry, Cash's doctor's notes attribute her hair loss to the autoimmune disease alopecia areata. That her other symptoms could be caused by illness that started before the incident, and that Landrum's only documented illness is developing cataract in one eye. Dunning concludes, In my experience, it's completely plausible that Cash and Landrum wrongly, but honestly, place the blame for their health, perha- uh, their health problems onto whatever they saw, and even push the truth a bit trying to get the Air Force to pay for it. When you believe in your heart that the Air Force did something wrong that, har- wrong that harmed you, you don't necessarily feel that it's wrong to exaggerate evidence. Like seeing the words Air Force on the side of the helicopters, adding on symptoms to people who didn't have them, even faking sunburn spots on your arm, as long as it's in pursuit of what you believe to be a just settlement. According to Texas Monthly, quote, to this day, there is no conclusive explanation of the night's events. These guys are no fun at all. Okay, yeah, true. That is that is very true. They are the least fun people. I, I would not want to hang out with a bunch of skeptics like this. So, <laughs> here yeah, we Mike, are. Yeah, Mike, you feeling a little targeted? <laughs> no, because, I don't know, I mean... Mike's like, I'm fun. <clears throat> Unless there's actual proof that they yeah. didn't suffer from radiation yeah. sickness. I could think of several ways that they still could have sure. not been, you know, UFOs. Sure. So, but here we are at the end, guys. Hmm. And personally, I'm kind of torn on this one now as a grown man. Hmm. I want to believe this one really, really badly, especially with the ionizing radiation thing. But if it's not true, and there were pre-existing medical conditions. You know what it sounds like to me? With a glowing silver 
and the flame and it bobbing up and down in time with the flame. A biblically accurate angel. An experimental balloon. Oh, that too. I mean, think think about this for a second, guys. Mm-hmm. It makes a shitload of sense if you think about it because you both know how hard it is to determine size on something that's in the air, especially at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's solid silver but glowing. It's got lights around the center. Like, you know how balloons will have, like, those little holes? Mm-hmm. You know? Its height is completely determined... Uh, yeah, its height is completely determined by how hard the flames are going. It just sounds like some kind of weird-ass experimental dirigible of some form that the military was working on. It got away from them and they had to scramble choppers to try to go after it and try to wrangle it back in somehow. Well, and who's to say they didn't have like radioactive material in it for like, sure. I don't know, like a, a power reason. source or to like, see how it does it transferring things. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was an experiment on like, well, what if we like floated nuclear waste away? What, what if we just rained radiation on people? How would that affect the Americas? Fuck. No, like, imagine this whole story being exactly the same, but instead of a diamond, it's like Garfield's head. <laughs> like the Garfield balloon. Someone get him some lasagna, please. I hate Mondays and ionizing radiation. So, <laughs> what do you guys think? Mike, I've been, I've been dying to hear what you think of this. So, <clears throat> the closest thing I can think of... It doesn't quite fit in the shape they saw, but like you said, at night, it's hard to say, and who mm-hmm. knows what they could have been covering it with, but uh, what came to my mind first was uh, a broken arrow incident. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, totally. It could be so a fucking new kid. It was near an Air Force base. Maybe they were, you know, sortieing on a training mission with a nuclear payload. And this is not, it's not an uncommon thing. It's happened, in fact, more than we would like for it to. Several times, even over the continental United States, where a a, uh, atomic bomb or simulacrum of an atomic bomb, you know, a dummy training one, has just fallen off the airplane. It's it's not armed, so therefore it doesn't explode, but it drops into the ocean or dirt. And what if, what, what if it was that and the casing cracked so it was releasing radiation? Therefore, you don't want to load it onto a helicopter itself. So you would, you know, put it, maybe cover it with some kind of, you know, radiation mitigating material and hoist it below a, hel- a helicopter. Sure. So the, the, the diamond shape could have been just, you know, think of it like a... Uh, like they didn't see the chopper first. They yeah. just saw I mean, the chopper was, you know, way up and maybe the maybe the flame they saw was, you know, just reflections off some material. Because think about it, you're with all that radiation, you know, maybe it just felt hot, but it wasn't actually hot. Yeah, I mean, that, that or could so, have been actually putting mm, off some heat, but yeah, it wasn't well, I mean, it fire. did soften the material of the car. So there is that. That was a, 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 a thing noted by the investigators that her handprint was in the dashboard. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's for it to be that hot, that that, that just seems a little, I don't know, trying to try to wrap my head, head around I know, how it's, hot it's that would hard. have to be. It is really difficult to like I think make that's like, all this work. I, th- I think that's like head. not surviving temperatures. Right. You, you would think. So I don't know what the, uh, sorry, cat's being a butthole. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't know what the uh, effects of radiation on a vinyl dash would be. I don't know if that would also soften. I, my my thoughts would be no, but you know. I tell you what, Mike. Let's go to Grand Gulf. Well, you'd have to get in the reaction, and we'll just plow straight into the cooling tower. No. I, I just want to see this episode of MythBusters. You probably, you probably don't want to say that in a public forum, ooh, Kevin. That's, ooh, yeah. okay. That's getting <laughs> that's getting beeped. Let's hit the beep, and yeah. Oh boy, I'm just making all kinds of but, uh, all but kinds no, I of mean, questionable just statements a, tonight. Just a you know, my most probable thought would be some terrestrial form of radiation that the government obviously is not going to disclose. So you don't think my dirigible idea is a uh, uh, no? Because I don't see it having a nuclear payload. Okay, yeah, but if it was like, and, and this is the '80s, we were like, except for high altitude weather balloons, we were pretty much done with. You know, balloons in general. What if there was this one crazy dude in the army that wouldn't let go? Mm. <laughs> now, even by then, a lot of that stuff is, you know, either the army is not really experimenting in uh, much like a balloon, you know, aircraft in general. Balloons is for kitty vinkies. Because the army, even the uh, missile program got by like, I think the 60s got folded in NASA. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so... Okay, well, I mean, and that's the thing. That's what I like about this one, even though there's like, there's no easy answers with this. Not for me, not, like, the skeptics don't have a good answer that makes sense. The the UFO people don't have a good answer that makes sense. There's there's just questions. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not enough. Yeah. Like, it's a good story. I'd like to watch the movie. Is there, oh, oh, if they made a movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hell. What? Bergstrom Air Force Base? Yeah. It was a mm -hmm. strategic air command base starting in 1949. Really? Mm-hmm. So that means nukes? It flew B-52 Stratofortresses out of there. Yep. It They, they, was, they were a nuclear uh, projection uh, base. Gentlemen, there you go. You know, it, it could be like, okay, so we, we keep getting hung up on this balloon thing well, I, as the source of I'm radiation. My, well, I, I'm not saying we're, we're getting hung up, but like this is the detail that right. everybody, like they're, they're saying that the balloon is what's causing the, the, the radiation. Yes. What if the balloon is just a signal for the helicopters when there is an accident with a truck? Ah, ah, so you're saying there's like, like this is like a beacon. Yeah, so, like, for example, the truck, you know, goes off-road, like, um, you know, the, the, maybe there's a hot nuclear payload on the side of the Like in the woods road there, there, and then they the have the... After yeah, and then they have storm. the balloon to... Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Just throwing that out there. That might, that might explain yeah, no, things like a little bit. Yeah, I like that theory. Um, that, that, that could work. Like, there's, like, some dudes out in the woods, and they release the balloon, and... Those dudes are mm -hmm. way dead now. If if that's oh yeah probably yeah, no government definitely being like no it's safe go out there send the balloon up. Okay, hey Sarge, should my uh, face be sloughing off? <laughs> oh boy, yeah, boy, we got a, our, our our government's got a lot to answer for. That that would be a really fucked up run of Beetle Bailey strips. Oh my god, I was taking a drink of coke <laughs> when you said that. I almost died. Holy! <laughs> just, just every every strip beetles like face is melting just like a some, little bit like more. Something from Hiroshima, Jesus! Jesus oh Christ! My God, this is this is bad. This is real bad. 
Oh, geez. So, guys, that's <laughs> that's it for this one. I, I hope you enjoyed it. It was, uh, like I said, it's the first one I ever read about. And uh, I don't know. Something about the story and the kid being involved really stuck with me when I was young. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it's always funny to read about it from somewhere like Mysteries of the Unknown and then find it in this book and find out, well, actually, no, this was a major UFO thing. Mm-hmm. Like Mike, where would you put this on the uh, on the bullshit scale of one to five? Well, I mean, considering that there's obviously medical records and you know stuff like that, I mean, it, something happened, but not UFOs, but something. And 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 they seem to be just trying to put together with the limited information they had, right. I mean, you know, you see this mysterious object and, and maybe they did, who knows? I don't, I don't know if they, you know, continually said it was UFOs or were they, they just sound like they were saying it was something the uh, military had. Yeah. Yeah. I think the UFO thing came from MUFON. Once MUFON gets mm-hmm. involved, it's, it's, it's pretty, all UFOs. It's, it's all UFOs. And cause I mean, like Betty obviously thought it was military. Meanwhile, Vicky is sitting here going, it was Jesus. Jesus gave me cancer. Jesus gave me the cancer. So, yeah. God's plan. And he needed helicopters. Yeah, apparently. Jeez, come on, Jesus. Don't do that. It was the 700 Club oh for Strike Force. God, I would, you know what? Let's let's all just agree to blame Pat Robertson. Sure, why not? That, that, oh, I always that do for dead everything. piece of shit. <laughs> that dead piece of shit did this. So... Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it's a little bit shambolic, but that's okay. We'll be, we'll do better next time. Wait, no, I was yeah. fine. I had we're fun. getting back into this. What's important is that we're yes. having fun. That fuck the audience. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, buy him a drink first. Jeez. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, next week, weekend weird, and after that, who knows? Yeah. It, it should it should be my episode. Okay. I'm 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 writing it now. Uh, should be dead internet too. Ooh man, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, cause like just here, I think it was today or yesterday. Me and Mike uh saw that like the Gizmodo sites, Go Media or whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. pushed forward their first AI written article, and boy, was it a shitter. Well, I don't know if it's their first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the shit's but, endless, but it man. Was their first without letting the editors at least read it first. They just threw it up there, and the editors were like, "Duh, fuck." <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in two weeks. So awesome. I'm, so I looked up a, I looked up a, the the Air Force Base, and yeah, it at the one end of the runway. There's the uh, the hot staging. Uh, pads where you would have your nuclear equipped aircraft fuck just basically they would have a secured area where you would have planes with nuclear bombs loaded and ready to go they're basically the the planes are ready to go so the pilots can run out there on a moment's notice get in the planes and take off it's called uh well 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 i'm trying to remember what they was called mike that's the one that that you found my fucking pong machine okay good Yeah. (coughs) Shit. Sorry for the distraction, guys. This has been bugging me for two days.
Yeah, no, I, I, I was mean, convinced <laughs> that I did not, that like I had like a Mandela effect going on. It is called the, I, I just telematch. Yeah. The telematch 3000, 3300 R. No relation to anything. You don't care. I was pretty accurate on that description though. Yeah. Yeah. For, for 30 year old memories, that was pretty good. Anyway. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll be coming back with with uh, uh, Distraction Hall. That's that other fucking show. Uh, <laughs> before we go, David, have you got anything you'd like to plug? Mm, just go ahead and uh, check out CosmicDash.com this weekend. There will be a new page. We should also mention uh, moving the uh mastodon account for the show the show's mastodon account has moved from horrorhub.club thank you for having us there for so long it was great but i found a server that quite frankly is exactly where we ought to be it is weirdo.network you can find us at supernatpod at weirdo.network it is full of people that are into magic the paranormal and discordians so woo yeah. In other words, it's a little too weird for us, but we'll it's, be there anyway. It's our show. It's our people. It's our show in server form. Uh, Mike, have you got anything you want to throw out there people should check uh, out? No, but honestly, I was so engrossed in looking at the uh, the Air Force Base stuff and reading it, I thought we had actually finished. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, Mike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Remember, guys, reading is fundamental. (laughs) So, read uh, is fucking for nerds. (laughs) Shit. And I'm a nerd. So, yep. Yep, you are. So, guys, we'll be back next week. Uh, You can find everything you need to about the show at supernatpod.rocks. Supernatpod.rocks for all your supernatpod needs. If such things exist. Yes. Find links to our Discord, our Patreon, and everything else. So, until next time, everyone stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't don't get cancer from balloons, everybody. Or in general. Or Jesus. Don't let Jesus give you cancer. Jesus, cancer, Ray Christ. It's a hell of a middle. I always wonder what the H was. I didn't realize it was for hydrogen bomb. Jesus, hydrogen bomb Christ. <laughs>